Okay, so um, welcome to Defen episode number 50 and it is our third anniversary show and it's fucking amazing. I mean, three years. <laughs> uh, You're right on brand with the fucking amazing introduction there, VJ. Yeah, exactly. I think we need to live up to our expectations, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, episode number 50. Um, I don't know what to say, uh, but uh, I think we have our one of our uh, best friends and friends of the show, friend of the show, and um, also uh, master tweeter, um, <laughs> Mr. Mikhail Borkand. We just did the calculation. We found out he is tweeting like one tweet per hour or something. Anyway, welcome to the show, uh, Mikhail. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Yeah. So, Ray. Uh, I think we need to do some introduction or something. It's episode number 50, so fuck it. I'm Vijay from Netherlands. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm Ray from Belgium, really from the UK, but living in Belgium. So, you know, sound UK-ish for a reason, but you no, know, living in the wet and weary Belgium at the moment. But, uh, you know, avoiding Brexit, thankfully, which is good. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. I mean, this has become a purely political show these days, so fuck it, you know? Oh, so, Mikhail, <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe a quick introduction. Let's be nice to our guests yes. as well, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, Mikhail, you've paid to be on. What have you got to say for yourself? Yeah, yeah well, I'm the fanboy joining the band, right? Uh, Yay! Oh, it's so good to have you on the show, Matt. It really is. Yes. So you're in the that you just said that you're in the um, reduce all the distractions and don't do shitty stuff phase. So why are we, why are you on this show? Yeah, well, this show uh, sparks a lot of joy. So uh, I removed all the podcasts that that yeah I found uh, are getting in the way, but definitely definitely stays in my uh, in my list. So together, Whoa, together okay. with some other closure podcasts, but. Uh, from nah, I, I mean, you, you, from you, Europe, uh, the vegetarian yeah. closure podcasts are definitely, uh, definitely, definitely number one. So. <laughs> I think this is this is our our. I think uh, this is one of those times when all three of us are vegetarians, right? I think so. I yeah. think Michael is even yeah. a vegan. Michael. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Michael. Michael. Yeah. Sorry, Michael. Yeah. Michael. <laughs> Yeah, but we can focus on the things that uh, are similar. So we're all vegetarian right now. So. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Very inclusive. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, we're all vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. As long as you're not non-vegetarian, you know, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, Michiel, um Please don't eat for, meat while you're obviously. listening to this episode is what we're trying to say, you know. I mean, well, <laughs> in I, the privacy of your own homes, you can do it. Uh, I, I listened to uh, an old show yesterday just to get uh, into the uh, into the vibe of this show. <laughs> and it was actually the show with Alex Miller uh, in 2016, just before the Euro closure. Oh, right. And yes. you were also saying this to him, like, well... Okay, it's okay that you're not a vegetarian, but uh, please don't eat meat during the show. And he said, uh, like, we, we keep, yeah. we keep, we keep using the same jokes. You know? I, I actually, I think that's Alex what he's telling like, us. <laughs> Alex said, like, oh, I actually have some beef jerky on my desk, but I won't touch it while during the show. <laughs> so, um, Michiel, maybe uh, because, of course, you know, we know each other uh, for a fairly good amount of time. Um, obviously, as you uh, know, how do you know each other, Vijay? Let's give a little bit of uh, background for, yeah, for yeah. the people yeah. out there. I think it, I think it's better, Michiel. Uh, okay. Talks. So, I mean, how did I meet Vijay? The story. 
<laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. It's like <laughs> I the 50th show, told... you got the big reveals now, you know. <laughs> now you know. I, I think I saw PJ for the first time in uh, at the, Amer- uh, the Amsterdam Closure Meetup, I think. Yeah. Uh, probably at Backbase Company that hosted the, the meetup. Yeah. And I remember VJ saying, uh, well, I have to wait in Amsterdam f- uh, for my Mac to be repaired. Uh, you were bringing your Mac to the, uh, the Genius Bar. Yes. And uh, during Genius. that waiting, you went to the closure meetup. So I think I saw you uh, there for the first time. And- Did you just walk in off the street, VJ? Is that the idea? <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> that, that, that's, the, that's the whole idea. I've been, oh, what's, this, what's <laughs> this, there's some room down the road here. I've got some bullshit going on. Oh, okay. <laughs> and well, I, at least I it's not like oh, the, we met him. The full chrono, uh, the, like the full time uh, frame. But I also remember that VJ uh, he uh, uh, organized the closure meetup in Rotterdam. Yeah. So I went there also a few uh, a few times. And, uh, but I also, uh, worked with VJ once in at a closure project in the commercial, uh, setting. That's probably 2013. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Or maybe 2011, 12 ish, or maybe 13. I don't exactly remember. Yeah. Sometime during that time. It was 2013 because uh, that was the year I left. my job as a lecturer so yeah so you're <laughs> coming from academia into yeah into commercial quote-unquote commercial uh, thing right that, that was a datomic project right datomic angular and uh yeah it was an interesting yeah i think probably one of the first projects in the netherlands probably with with, with closure shit probably yeah it <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah, very yeah. nice uh was closure shit the uh was that the forerunner to closure script closure shit <laughs> yeah, yeah. That before closure script was introduced, there used to be another language. You know, we we yeah. know from twenty thirteen, which yeah, is like yeah. I don't know, ages ago. Yeah, <laughs> pre prototypes, like, like commercial clo- closure projects. So they've done that, you, you know, in two thousand thirteen <laughs> already. <Yeah. laughs> oh man, yeah, good times. I think it was uh, the the probably the initial version of Datomic and um, also the Immutant was the web server yeah, because um, on JBoss, and yeah. then and Angular was the front end for that one. Yeah, I, I always try to, to avoid that part of code base. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I managed pretty well, so. Yeah. So that's how we met. Yeah, I kind of mm. think. And then later, I think we kept uh, bumping into each other a lot into the closure stuff. Yeah. So enough about uh, our stuff. So Michiel, and so uh, I know that you you are you were already teaching closure, or you actually wrote a book in closure before coming to the, that project, right? That's true. Yeah. Uh, hmm. So I was a lecturer before that uh, job. Uh, I started in two thousand ten. And uh, I did it for three, three and a half years. And uh, well, in the beginning, I focused on programming courses uh, that were already there, uh, like Java programming, C-sharp programming, uh, all kinds of Oracle uh, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and um, But I was already into Clojure back then. Uh, my Clojure uh, interest began in like 2010. Uh, almost around the same time I, I joined at the uh, University of Applied Science. Uh, 
and uh, I never tried to force closure on students, but I couldn't help myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I'm not going to force you, but if you don't learn closure, you're not going to pass. That's it. You know? Yeah, well, it didn't exactly went, uh, go like that, but. Um, yeah, I was I was teaching these uh, object-oriented courses, and that, but I, there was always this nagging feeling like this this is actually not how how it should be done, right? I'm teaching uh, these I people know evil shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's part of the the program, so you have to. But and uh, but actually later on there was there was some room in the in the in the in the cur curriculum uh, and my colleagues uh, colleague uh, lecturers they knew that i was into functional programming and into uh, mm. closure or at least other ways of programming and they wanted to have a course on like uh, they called it advanced programming so it was like a very general topic where i could fit in anything i wanted basically mm. And hmm. that is where I uh, wrote a closure course for. And uh, I, yeah, that course was, I taught that course twice, two years in a row, I think, 2011 and 2012. And it was taught to two classes uh, simultaneously, uh, two classes of 30 students, so 60 students uh, a year, basically. And uh, yeah, so that was, actually the first way how i well made money with closure <laughs> not, not actually writing software but teaching it yeah so, yeah. yeah did you and get any fun. ever get any follow-up from those students did uh did yeah. you, did you ever keep actually, in touch with any of those guys or little girls actually and, yes ladies? um yeah. uh so the at, uh, there was one student i uh, regularly am in contact with still uh, so for him, closure was really eye-opening. Like, oh, can you also do do software like this and uh, less code, functional programming? Mm. Oh, well, it was really eye-opening to him. And then he decided after uh, this bachelor program that I was teaching uh, to continue to the University uh, uh, of Utrecht and do the computer science. Uh, compiler uh, program there in as a master and there he uh, I think yeah they very are very keen on Haskell there on mm. that in that university so that there he converted to Haskell basically <laughs> and uh, so I kind of lost him <laughs> from the closure community but but he's still very much into functional programming and and my course was was the first uh, yeah uh, the first way of uh, getting to know it for him hmm. and another student I remember he uh, I actually didn't know he liked closure because it wasn't very obvious during the course <laughs> but after uh, after the course he went to uh, for an internship to uh, Japan and I didn't hear from him for a while and then he went to Shanghai and it turned out he was doing closure there, a closure job. Right. And, wow. Okay. And, uh, so, so, uh, and later on, he, we had we, we had some chat, and he thanked me, like, "Thank you for introducing me to this stuff, and uh, I'm still really into it." And oh, okay. Uh, so, so there are a few people that that I I think I influenced them 
and it made an impact on on uh, the rest of their or at least the beginning of their career mm-hmm. and uh, but there were also a lot of students like yeah whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's fair uh, enough that's fair enough yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but a, a few of them really liked it and uh, well I, I guess that's mm. already worth worth it so yeah totally there's a few souls saved yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then you sent closure to faraway lands. Go to east and spread the word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the disciples, like go. Yeah, <laughs> it was just evangelism. You know, like send, send the missionary to east. Yeah, but now nice. he's converting people to Haskell. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember when, when we were talking a couple of times, I think, you know, this, this topic has come up, like closure being the gateway drug to getting into Haskell, right? I mean, this is yeah. something that, uh, that I've been trying multiple times as well. Um, yeah. Uh, do you think because I, I see your tweets and a couple of times I see that you're every I don't know every week or so every uh, <laughs> month you you try to do something with Haskell as well so um, so do you still see that as the as the path or no well <laughs> I personally I get into Haskell like once a year mm-hmm. uh, like I have like once uh, one month of really uh, obsessive. Uh, focus on something new and once a year that's Haskell so mm-hmm. and then I get into it and then I get tired of it and then I get back to closure and then I continue with my life so that's basically <laughs> usually how it goes <laughs> it's a bit, like, it's a bit ha- like that uh, that story where you have the the people bring the cows and the sheep and the goats into their house uh and then when they and they because they're complaining their house is too small, so they bring in the sheep and the goat and the cows and the chickens, and then after a week or two, they let all the chickens and the sheep and the goat out, and then their house feels bigger all of a sudden. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like that. But uh, I, I do think I uh, well, I, I I worked through the book uh, Haskell Programming from First Principles. Yeah, yeah. It's a relatively new Haskell book, and that's act- actually the first time that I made it into uh, that I made it from the beginning to the end, and actually did a real project in Haskell. Mm. Uh, because every year I tried Haskell again, and uh, for a few weeks, but I never got anything really serious done done in it. Uh, but yeah, now I have the feeling that I finally can do something in it. Uh, but Go figure how steep the learning curve is because in enclosure it was like a matter of days that I that I made something productive like uh, a running app on on the internet. Yeah, and, yeah. And enclosure that or in Haskell that took me years. I think Haskell is a bit like the kind of uh, the equivalent of Finnegan's Wake, you know. What the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, what stop, stop, stop making eighteen hundred references. We know you're old. Yeah, no, Finnegan, Finnegan's work is uh, <laughs> is like one of the uh, well, it's uh, it's a literary classic. I'm afraid to tell you people. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's a book by. Yeah, like, it's get a book off by, my lawn. Have you heard of this guy James Joyce? You know. He, he no wrote, idea. He wrote the, no, you've never heard of James Joyce. Shut up. Come on. Of course you've you, heard you're of him. You're from UK. Who's Irish, actually? We are not. James Joyce I can't pretend Irish. I heard of him. So <laughs> let's pretend. Let's pretend. Well, James oh, Joyce, yeah, right. James, James Joyce, Joyce wrote yeah, this yeah, book yeah, yeah. called uh, uh, Portrait of an Artist as a Young Man. And he also wrote this uh, a very difficult book called Ulysses. Um, and then mm-hmm. that, that was like his last... La- book essentially like kind of in semi-english it was this ulysses was a stream of consciousness book um it was a very you know like 
avant-garde at the time. But after that, he um, he wrote this book called Finnegan's Wake, which is in a kind of its own language. Um, and it's a kind of, what should we say, it's a kind of like the holy grail for many literary students that, you know, that they can go to uh, Finnegan's Wake and read it and, you know, sort of challenge themselves to uh, to understand what, what this literary genius meant by, by his masterwork. Uh, but very few people actually make it through the book. So <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> so that's Haskell. a very long story. So Haskell for, uh, is one of them. <laughs> I thought, I thought yeah, you about same with Haskell, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you uh, see where uh, the comparison yeah. comes from, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. So what if if uh, Haskell is uh, this Finnegal uh, thing, Finnegan's thing? What Finnegan's is work. Yeah. What is closure? Closure is I don't know Jack and Jill, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spot the dog, you know. <laughs> that, that I know. <laughs> Jack and Jill, I know, you know, classic. <laughs> but but Michael, what is bringing you back to closure? Every time you, you go and taste some Haskell and then you're like, fuck it, I'm going to go back. And... Well, it's not like, uh, fuck it, I'm, I'm leaving something and I'm going back to something. It's more like... Yeah. Uh, it's a small love well, affair. A small... Yeah, it's like a small... Don't tell anyone, kind of thing. <laughs> I've booked a hotel well, except room. Except that I tweet about it every hour. But yes, uh, uh, yeah. So so Haskell is more like learning new things, kind of thing. Because closure, I, I'm doing it since I don't know. I'm uh, well for my work at least 2013, and yeah. before that for uh, as a hobby for a couple of years. So uh, and Haskell really. Uh, yeah, could teach me new thinking. Everyone was talking on Twitter about this typed FP thing, and I, mm -hmm. all these monad and monad transformers, and uh, I don't know, uh, monoids, uh, these things. So I, I just wanted to know what all these people were talking about, and if if it's really true what they say, and uh, yeah. So that's why I investigated and uh, tried it. Yeah. You also tried some Scala, right? I mean, you did some yeah. Scala stuff, uh, probably more recently than than Haskell, or maybe the other way around. Well, I uh, professionally, I only worked like five months, five mm. months in Haskell, and that's already three years ago. Yeah. And apart from that, I haven't been doing a lot of. Uh, oh, sorry, did I say Haskell? Scala? Yeah, yeah, Scala. yeah, yeah. I, I meant Scala. Scala sorry. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been doing much Scala actually. Mm. Uh, I, I tried Scala before I got into in, into that uh, job just to be a little bit prepared. Mm. And uh, actually, I was doing, uh, uh, what is it called? The advent of code in 2000, yep. uh, I think it was 2015. It was the first year, maybe, of mm. advent of code. <clears throat> so for those who don't know what advent of code is, it's a... Uh, during the period of Advent, that's like the from December one to uh, December twenty fifth, every day the, on a website there is a new coding challenge, and you can solve it in any language that you like. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, what the website gives you is the input, and your your program has to transform this input into an output, and you fill in the the output on the website, and the website tells you if you have the right answer or not. So the language doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. You can even do it in Excel or whatever you want. <laughs> or on a paper. Yeah, or on a paper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I tried a few puzzles in Clojure. And there was one puzzle that involved, uh, well, you couldn't actually do it without using mutability. 
uh, and a lot of um, arrays. So mutable arrays, or maybe just one giant array that you treat like a matrix. Uh, because if you didn't do that, your program just wouldn't be uh, fast enough. It yeah. would take years probably mm. to <laughs> to finish. And mm. uh, that that that's when I uh, started to get into problems with closure. Um, uh, and I asked on Stack Overflow, why is this so slow? It just takes like well, I, I used mutable arrays, but it, it mm. took like 10 seconds, where in Scala, it only took one second. So I was do, I was actually doing the puzzles in Clojure and Scala just to learn a uh, new language. And well, it turned out you had to, to add a lot of type hints and use the right array uh, functions. And eventually, you could do it. But this kind of stuff actually is a lot easier in, in Scala. Mm. Um, because the compiler knows where you can keep using primitives and you don't have boxing, uh, things like that. But that's also the only time I that Scala was easier than Clojure. <laughs> <laughs> one for one, that one, one puzzle, puzzle in of code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't been doing a lot of Scala apart from from that. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh... What are you working on these days? Because there, there are a lot of open source couple of things that, that we want to talk about, uh, first of all. Um, yeah. One of the things that you gave a talk at uh, Dutch Closure Day. Um, so can you explain, can yeah. you give something about that project and what, what the, the story behind it and context? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I gave a talk about uh, Refind is uh, what I call it. And Refind is a, a library and it also has a couple of interfaces uh, in the form of a web application. Uh, uh, there is also um, a command line interface, and there is also a JavaFX interface made by uh, another person, uh, Joe Mage, he's called. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and this library, what it does, it can find functions in Clojure for you based on example input that you, that you give it. Um, and also based on uh, predicates, if you if you want. So mm -hmm. uh, you can say, for example, I have the input number one and the number two, and I expect the output to be number uh, three. So it comes up with the the plus function. Uh, yeah. But it, all, it can also do uh, more advanced uh, stuff like that. Um, for example, you can also say, I have this set and I, I have another set and I want uh, the intersection of it. Uh, or, or you can say, I want just the output to be a set. So you can say uh, set question mark. And then it comes up with all the functions that accepts two sets and returns another uh, set. And um, so that, uh, yeah, that's refined. So I talked about it uh, at the Dutch closure days. So I gave a lightning and, and talk. And if I if I remember correctly, or maybe I'm not sure because uh, it's been a pretty long day at Dutch closure day for me. Yeah. Um, it, it's it is driven by specs, or what is the engine behind it? That's true. Um, <clears throat> so um, yeah, um, so refine is driven by specs. Uh, so well, it can actually it can only find functions. That have specs for the uh, for the arguments and for the, for also for the return value, but that's not a, a hard requirement. But mm. at least for the arguments, 
And uh, the reason for that is a lot of functions in Clojure uh, accept input and they, uh, so for example, if you have the input number one and you also want to know uh, the output in the number one, there are a lot mm. of functions that uh, Clojure yeah, you can use. For example, you can use the function conj or the function merge, yeah. but uh, it's kind of weird to recommend the function merge for uh, accepting a number, right? Or yeah. as the identity function for a number. So that is why I used uh, specs for that. Uh, so I spec'd a lot of core functions, yeah. and uh, um, I yeah that is that is inside a project called uh, Speculative, and I actually that project was uh, started together with two others uh, people, Mike Fikes, uh, Ray. You might know him. Yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> And uh, another uh, guy called Eric Essam. Hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's him. And uh, that's actually where those specs are coming from. So uh, hmm. um, the idea from Refine actually came uh, when I was listening to a podcast called The Rebel. Uh, yeah. And Martin Klepsch from CLJ Doc. Uh, he was discussing with um, Daniel Compton. Daniel. Daniel, yeah, Daniel. Uh, like an idea for, uh, well, maybe it would be cool if CLJ Doc could support uh, something with spec. Maybe it could display specs or maybe relate things to each other using specs or I don't know. And there I thought, well, we have all these specs in speculative. Maybe I could also do something cool cool with this and there mm. uh, they were also do, uh, discussing uh, Google which is yeah, uh, yeah, a yeah. project in uh, in Haskell where you can say I have a type type A and a type B and I want all the functions that uh, that go that have type A to B uh, mm. so you can do queries like that but um, that doesn't work in, in closure because we don't have types uh, but we do have specs so yeah. That that is kind of where the idea was born. Mm. And after, mm. uh, usually I listen to podcasts in in uh, when I uh, am in the gym. So uh, and uh, so I I heard this idea on the podcast in the gym, and I went to uh, went to home, and I, this idea was already forming in my head. And I think two or three hours later, uh, refined uh, the library was born, the command line nice. interface. And it only took like uh, one, I don't know, one day uh, later. Also, uh, an HTML version was was born. So nice. <laughs> yeah, and it, it tells a lot about closure. I think how quick quickly you can turn these ideas into uh, real projects. Hmm. Yeah. And what is the idea behind speculative? Because I know you've been writing a lot of um, specs. You and of course Mike and uh, probably Eric as well. Yeah. Um, so you're specking all the core functions and all whatnot. And so yeah. is there a proposal to push that into core or? Is, yeah. So where do you want to take how it? How the project started, it also started on Twitter where every, everything starts in my life, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, while you were sleeping. So, uh, right, while I yeah. was sleeping. Uh, so I think Mike Fikes, he, uh, he uh, uh, tweeted the idea of well, I really like some uh, specs for the core functions, or at least I, 
I think these specs should exist somewhere because I'm wondering if I could use the merge function for this or that. I, I don't know exactly what he tweeted, but. I think his yeah. point, if I'm not wrong, was that the, the problem is an implementation problem because if you're in Clojure script and you're looking at Clojure, the question is, what is the right behavior? If, 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 yeah. if, if you're implementing the language, what should you actually, you know, without actually stepping through all of the code in Clojure, can you get a little yeah. bit more information to say what the correct behavior should be with, the, yeah. with some given inputs? I think that was his idea. And that's yeah. the course mm -hmm. of the intention of spec in some respects. Yeah. And uh, then Eric Assam, he, he uh, also responded on that thread and I responded on that thread. And first I had a lot of, uh, well, reserved thoughts about this because I already suspected that if you would write a lot of core functions and instrument them during development or, I don't know, uh, yeah, during development, uh, things would get a lot slower. And uh, yeah. that was my initial thought. So I thought, well, I don't know if it's a good idea, but uh, we might try it. And uh, so Eric made a repo and he uh, committed the first specs. And uh, yeah, I thought, well, let's just play the game and see what yeah, happens, yeah. right? <laughs> and uh, so I, I made some specs and Mike made some specs and eventually uh, we added some tests and uh, well, then uh, Mike Fikes has a project called Coal Mine. Uh, mm. And coal mine is like a body of of a uh, uh, body of clo uh, foreclosure solutions. Foreclosure yeah. is a website with closure puzzles, and people can commit their uh, code there, and uh, you can do golfing. And so a lot of solutions are already stored there. And uh, then we had the idea to uh, verify these specs using uh, the that code. Uh, so that project is called Coal Mine. It's basically a set of solutions from foreclosure. And there we detected that some specs, uh, either some specs were wrong or people were doing crazy stuff. <laughs> like, uh, so people were, yeah. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people were using uh, merge to add a key, uh, I think, to or yeah, they were using merge as the conch function. So everyone thought, well, I want to uh, add an element to this set. And they they uh, they used merge for it. That basically, I think that works. But uh, so so we found uh, issues like a lot of issues like that. Mm. Uh, but we also found uh, some examples from the wild. So uh, so for example, the merge, we added like a spec for merge that said, well, the inputs have to be maps, like closure maps. But yeah. then there was some, some code from a repo called Day of Datomic. And yeah. there they also used uh, Java util hash maps. Uh, and well, we looked at the code and we thought, well, yeah, basically that's, that's yeah, that, that works. And it's not surprising that it works because merge uh, basically treats the second and the, the, the next arguments as seekables of um, map entries. Mm. And uh, yeah, a hash map is a seekable of, of uh, a Java hash map is a seekable of map entries. So, so we, we changed the spec to, uh, to that. And yep. eventually these, well, 
eventually, uh, uh, Eric was not so active anymore, and he thought I should get the, the repo because I was committing uh, very actively. I got the hang of it. <laughs> and uh, so, so I inherited uh, the repo and uh, added a lot of specs and also tested a lot of specs and got feedback from uh, a lot of users like, oh, uh, the spec is complaining about this. Maybe it should be changed. And so the specs got refined over time. Mm -hmm. And uh, but my first thought uh, that maybe if you instrument all these specs, uh, it will maybe have too much impact on performance. Uh, mm -hmm. That thought was right, I think. Uh, it it really it, it it really is noticeable in in production or in uh, development. So uh, yeah, that's one thing that that I didn't like. And then I had the thought: well, if if these specs are maybe not useful to instrument all the time, can we still use them for th for something? And that is yeah. where also where where Refine was born because Refine doesn't instrument uh, the specs; it only searches. Uh, the specs. So, mm. so for example, if you have an input like number one, so then it searches for all the functions uh, where uh, that accept an argument that have a, a predicate or a spec that matches this, this number one. Uh, so merge mm. automatically is eliminated because it doesn't accept numbers. But Michael, just be Michael, just before you go on to that, I mean, I think the I don't think the notion of specking all of the core functions, etc., should be abandoned because I remember uh, you know Stuart Holloway has said in the past that he might in the future there may be different builds of closure, you know, ones which have yeah. instrumentation and ones which don't. For example, you know, I mean, that's all speculation whether it actually comes off or not. But I think. The notion of having a closure build with all the specs on there, you know, that maybe you only turn on when you're doing testing or something. You know, maybe you can turn yeah. it off when you're in your IDE or you're, you know, at the REPL or whatever. Or maybe you turn them on in that yeah. case. You know, again, you've, if you have, I mean, the whole nice thing about specs to me is they're optional. So having a flag where you can just basically turn them on and turn them off as you need them, strike, you know, yeah. this instrument, uninstrument thing. Instrument, the new word, instrument. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. A, <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's, a, that's it's like all, where, uh, where where you're uh, sucking in rather than blowing out on a saxophone, I guess. But shouldn't but, uh, shouldn't that be like instrument and outstrument? Oh, I yeah. mean, I don't like yeah. instrument. <laughs> I mean, it should be like instrument and then outstrument. Yeah. So that makes more sense. Yeah, but it's too yeah, but what you're saying, Ray, is already already possible with uh, with the specs that we have in speculative. So you can turn mm. them off only or turn them on only in in uh, development. And that's totally possible, mm. but things get a little bit slower, so you have to just have to accept that. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and maybe if you're uh, like making a, a CRUD app, it doesn't really matter. But if you're making like a uh, yeah, very data-intensive app with a lot of uh, data going around, lots of mm. I/O, uh, hot loops, mm. yeah. then then it starts to uh, to become noticeable, mm. and um, and but I think it, it there is uh, the right place for this. Uh, well, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be on all on or all off either, does it? You know, you could. You know, yeah. you, you can instrument specific functions, for example. You know, it doesn't have to be like that's the nice thing, isn't it? That's the nice thing about it's yeah. gradual. So you can, 
you can choose to have like, you know, all the specs instrumented or just some of them or, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you've got a lot of choices yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think uh, um, the functions that, that the first uh, candidates that you should probably instrument in tests are the set uh, specs. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the set functions uh, accept uh, like vectors and things like that, and if you uh, do a set union on vectors, uh, yeah, weird things come out. Uh, <laughs> probably things you you didn't want, yeah. uh, and uh, the, the the set specs really protect you from from that kind of uh, unexpected behavior. Mm. Also, mm. when you uh, if you do a union or intersection on on two. Uh, things and one thing is a set, but the set is smaller than, for example, the vector that you're union, union, unioning. Unioning, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unioning. Uh, then, uh, then the, the the base collection will be the vector and not the set, and so the, all the elements will be conched onto the onto the vector, and the result will be a vector and not a set. Mm. So, yeah. so that can be really surprising. So you will still have duplicate elements in there, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, also strings. So strings are are treated as a uh, seekable of characters. So you yeah. can, yeah, you can have surprising uh, outputs with the set function. So I think it's really good to instrument those during, uh, for example, unit testing. Mm. Yeah, but if I if I remember correctly, you are also using a lot of open source code to to check if uh, yeah. there is any anomalies because my my uh, not question but uh, you know something to discuss here is that uh, if if we are switching to a language like haskell you know all these things are non completely non problems right yeah. because you have a type so fuck it you know that, that is, it's impossible for you to use things like this so uh, what is your what is your understanding or sorry not understanding what is your um, you know feeling when you when you use this on on used this on a lot of open source projects, I mean, did you find anything? How prevalent is this uh, misuse yeah. or of, of well, the code? Well, I, I actually have a list in Speculative. Uh, ah, okay. Uh, where I keep naming and shaming. That I, yeah, naming <laughs> and shaming. Uh, well, actually, it's more like uh, look how look what Speculative found. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> And uh, let me check. If and, and now you and now you release the enterprise edition so for we, just twenty euro per month. We didn't actually find many things, but um, I wrote a spec for. Um, let me see. Yeah, there was something in blank actually. Oh so, man, you uh, found a mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, shamed yeah, yeah. your mate. <laughs> yeah. So there was. Um, oh yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so in Plank there was uh, the usage of Fnil, uh, Fnil mm -hmm. plus I think, and uh, yeah. so what Fnil? I think the expression was Fnil plus zero or something, mm -hmm. and what it what that does is uh, so if you it returns a function and if you call that function uh, with nil in the first argument, uh, that will be treated as zero. Yeah. Uh, but he, I think Mike called that function with more numbers. And so it was like you got something like plus zero nil nil or something. Mm -hmm. And well, JavaScript is very accepting, <laughs> so that still didn't really 
really raise an error. But yeah. uh, but it was not according to our spec where the, uh, the spec for plus said it only accepts numbers and not nil. Hmm. So that is hmm. where we found one one thing that wasn't really manifesting as an error, but uh, it could be made more more uh, yeah safer yeah safer yeah 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 yeah. Uh, so that was one um, example. Mm. Yeah. Also, we found. Um, oh yeah, I think I think we uh, made a spec for merge, and mm -hmm. I don't know what is the arity for merge. Actually, I have to look it up. Uh, but uh, initially, we spected like it should uh, at least have one argument, and yeah. maybe that's not. Well, that's actually not true. So the spec was not correct. Yeah, because it will return uh, a transducer or something. Yeah, yeah. and and but when we uh, instrumented this, and uh, then I tried to uh, run some code from uh, Jada project, then we mm -hmm. actually found a call merge with zero arguments, which was correct. Uh, but this this call was at the top level, so it wasn't doing anything. So we found a useless useless code with it. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah you scoured so, the entire internet and found one line of useless code. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think I and think also, we count that as a success. You know, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, actually, uh, one one I mean, more. You never found out. I think there's a few more lines of useless code in other non-closure projects, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. from a closure perspective, well, I think that's a win. You know, <laughs> of all yeah, the closure definitely. code out in the world, I found one line that wasn't good. Well, I think you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. going to be the headline of this story. <laughs> yeah, and um, actually. We also made a spec for uh, merge with, mm -hmm. and uh, it I think it only accepts uh, map entries uh, as the, the it should be a seekable of map entries mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not a, a seekable of uh, vectors of two elements because uh, enclosure that does, doesn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, that sh they should be map entries, but uh, closure script actually uh, used vectors of two elements in the beginning as map entries. So a lot of a lot of code relied on this, but this changed in, in a later uh, version of ClojureScript. And uh, then I found one library secretary in ClojureScript that is a routing library that mm -hmm. uh, was still using vectors with merge with. So yeah, we detected that early actually using the spec that we wrote. So. Yeah, that was nice. So we made a pull request to change it, and yeah, it was fixed. But in in general, I think it's a it shows that the uh, probably this is a this is still point of debate. I think in in general that shows that you know even though we didn't have specs, most of the code was written in a in a decent way, right? I mean, we didn't miss yeah. uh, enclosure at least the typing or spec information that much. Well, you usually find out if you're code is wrong just by using it, right? So yeah. I mean, if you have a library that it has existed for five years, it's mm. very unlikely that you're still finding things that are are, uh, are wrong. Yeah, yeah. But this uh, is the, this is the I think, the f kind of difference in thinking in in when I'm writing closure code versus Scala or Haskell code that, you know, there is no, I'm going to fix it as I go. You know, mm. I'm, I'm going to build it up as as I'm progressing. There is no mathematical rigor that I need before I'm going to run my program. Yeah. So that is something. And actually, <clears throat> I think that's true. 
and um, so that you find less errors at compile time. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, we it's it's a trade-off because in closure I have I have the REPL and I can uh, freely experiment. I, I have yep. thought thought a lot of, about this. So in for example, if I have a giant Haskell code base and uh, I want to experiment like in one file, well, it, what would happen if I added just one field to this type and I want to experiment very locally? Yeah. Uh, then in Haskell, I would have to change my entire code base before yeah. I can continue with my experiment because the, the compiler uh, complains. But in mm. Clojure, I can just make this local change or add a key and everything will still work. And uh, I can experiment locally and see if things will work out and then convert the rest of the code uh, also yeah. to that idea. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the trade-off is not that easy, actually, as yeah. some people... Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, if, if you argue on the, on the other side, in, in Haskell, it will tell you where exactly you need to change the code. So there yeah. is no... That's you know true. the the mental gymnastic of okay this map is going from this to this to this this and then mm. this key so basically going through you know a search and replace sort of way yeah um, i usually use ag for that yeah exactly <laughs> or, or ag or whatever the yeah. fancy thing rip grab or not, what what not yeah so um actually he, about he, speculative i want to say yeah another thing because um we found uh, maybe not so many problems in existing code, but we mm -hmm. did find while uh, writing speculative, we found a lot of problems in the implementation of spec itself in ClojureScript. So, mm -hmm. so I, I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, <laughs> almost 20 issues uh that we fixed in enclosure scripts uh oh, nice uh you while developing th things mm. like uh, uh something cannot be instrument or instrumented in the REPL in node or some, something like that right mm. Mm -hmm. um or or maybe like a var args function uh if i uh if i make a spec for this and the function is var args i get a, a stack overflow error for some reason, mm. and uh, mm. yeah. So Actually, the funny thing is, that I think ClojureScript is in many ways more complicated to uh, implement than Clojure because actually Clojure is implemented on top of one virtual machine, um, on top of one kind of set of understood constraints where ClojureScript is, well, you've got Node, you've got the browser, and all the browsers have different JavaScript engines. So you've got JavaScript, JavaScript Core, you've got V8, you've got, you know, uh, Chakra. Um, so yeah. it's kind of, and there's no spec, by the way. Well, there's a kind of spec, but it, not for kind of languages like uh, compile to languages, you know? I mean, basically yeah. they, they use the Clojure um, compiler to do that. That's their spec, isn't it? But that itself yeah. is a moving target as well, you know? That's true. So yeah, we actually found found some uh, inconsistencies between Clojure and Clojure Script using those specs. So, so mm. that's another uh, reason why those mm. specs can be useful. So we write one spec for both Clojure and Clojure Script, and then we find examples in Clojure mm. Script mm. that do not conform to this spec, 
And that yeah. sometimes that boil, boils down to an implementation difference in Clojure mm. script. You should be, it uh, should be interesting to see, and I, I know that um, he's working on it, but when um, David comes out with a CLR version of spec to see if they can run that, the, yeah. the specs on the CLR as well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, and then you're, um, I think you were just talking about Condo or something. I mean, I'm not into the, the latest uh, vernacular. <laughs> uh, whatever condo is, I, I have. I Come have no on, clue. I can see that from Google the back for... of your room. You know, <laughs> no, I have no fucking Not clue like what mine. that is. So, like... oh. <laughs> yeah, obviously. So, so what is CLJ condo and what is yeah. condo? Okay, so what is CLJ condo? Uh, CLJ condo is a linter for closure. Yeah, but don't talk uh, about that yet. Talk about Marie first because she's more interesting. Okay, let's who, let's who talk Marie? about Marie. <laughs> Okay, yeah. you want to know how, who Marie Kondo is? Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know who that is. Yeah. I think many well, people actually don't know who Marie Kondo do you is. Have, uh, do you have Netflix, Thank God. maybe? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He's got a bookshop. Well, on though. Yeah. Okay. So on Netflix, there is a, a program of a Japanese lady who mm -hmm. cleans, who helps people clean their houses and declutter their, their mess, actually. Oh, okay. And uh, she has a method called uh, KonMari, and mm -hmm. uh, this method is basically uh, decide if a thing sparks joy in your life or that it's only like uh, uh, weighing you down or uh, it's just mess that you never got around to uh, clean up. Okay. And. Uh, and she has like an order of, of uh, categories that you uh, have to go through. Mm -hmm. uh, like first start with your, I think. The clothing, I think. Clothing, your, par clothing. your partner, and I'd be out of my home already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we start with your clothing and then start with, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think Stuff. I never yeah. got past that, that uh, stage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but there are also yeah. books the books came first and uh, oh, everyone okay. was talking about this it was like becoming like a fashion uh, or hip thing in all okay. the bookshops or about uh, like uh, self-improvement uh, department there were all condo books and uh, oh okay yeah really those and, bookshops uh, should have been pretty empty by that stage yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. by the time they reach, so, they reach books level yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they've actually so, read Marie Kondo it's like get rid of all this Shakespeare shit you know <laughs> yeah yeah Finnegan's Wake uh, get our, rid of it or Finnegan's yeah. Wake whatever <laughs> the fuck that is you know like <laughs> let's go uh, but Jack and Jill let's keep it right yeah exactly it brings joy uh, that, that, that sparks joy, joy. Yeah. sparks joy yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's basically who Marie Kondo is. So. Ah, okay, okay. So that's the that's the reference that I missed. I mean, yeah. I'm not um, I'm not really keeping up with all the fancy shit that is happening around me. <laughs> obviously, that's, a, that's okay. It's it's just a name. So as long as you can remember the name, it's it's fine. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and so so let's let's talk about CLJ Kondo before CLJ Kondo. Um, Emacs or some other shit. Well, I know the answer, but Emacs and some other shit. Ha. <laughs> 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 what is some other shit? Um, well, I have to <laughs> Visual admit, Studio I, Code. I use Emacs for, for most of my things, but mm. uh, for usually when I have to edit like a markdown file and I want a nice preview, then mm. I usually use something like uh, VS Code or Atom because 
it's nice. I think that it just works nicer that way. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's basically the only time I go outside of Emacs. Uh, <laughs> but there is a live uh, server thing on Emacs that you can actually uh, render the HTML file while you're typing your file. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's okay. super cool, actually. Anyway, yeah, of course, but, you know, I, I, I do use Emacs, but I still feel like a noob in Emacs. But, oh, everybody is, except uh, for probably Richard Stallman and maybe, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think David Miller is not a noob. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think I got <laughs> only into Emacs because of Clojure, because in 2010, there weren't a lot of options for other editors. So I was using yeah. this this slime closure uh, thing yeah. to get my class path uh, set up. And mm. I know it was re very difficult uh, back then. And I, I was still on Windows then, so it was easy, even more uh, difficult. Um, but uh, that's how I got into Emacs. And um, I never really uh, became like a professional Emacs tweaker. Uh, <laughs> is that something you do with your bottom, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, and I, I, I'm still using the oh, Emacs, Emacs. is weird to me, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going know. on stage and being an Emacs tweaker. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I'm still using Emacs. I think it's called Prelude. Uh, so the thing by Bojidar. Yeah, uh, by Bojidar. Because yeah. I, I, I'm using Cider and I was guessing, like, if I'm using his stuff, uh, at least that's compatible with Cider. So stuff doesn't break every time I upgrade Cider. But... Unfortunately, that's not true. So, <laughs> why doesn't he call it glass? You know, then you can have like yeah. cider in a glass. You know, anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, I don't yeah. know anything about Emacs, yeah. so. But uh, and he's the I'm expert on me, so. I'm a happy Prelude user, so uh, yeah. Okay, so now back to Condo, <laughs> back yeah. to regular programming. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so CLJ Condo. So yeah, the story behind CLJ Condo. Um, I'm actually, uh, I have been using uh, a linter enclosure in, in, uh, that gives editor feedback in my Emacs uh, for a while, and that is Joker. And Joker is a static uh, code analyzer, at least uh, I think that's how it works. Um, and uh, it's pretty, pretty useful, so it gives like arity errors, and uh, it can show uh, like this var that you're using, I don't know where it came from. Uh, maybe you're missing an import or something, uh, or if you write down a hash map and you you don't have an even number of values like map, uh, keys and values, then it complains. So it gives you a lot of useful feedback even before you uh, uh, evaluate your code in, into the REPL. And I like that very much. Uh, I, I have been using it for three years. and. Um, yeah, I, I think it's super cool. Everyone uh, should give it a try. There is also integration for uh, other editors, so it's not Emacs uh, specific. And you can also use it in CI if you want. Uh, I, hmm. I'm not doing that, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing it for the editor uh, integration. And um, But there were some things in, in Joker that I, uh, I, I think it, it should be possible, but it wasn't in Joker. And I looked into maybe contributing to uh, to Joker, but it's written That's in Go. Go, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm not really proficient in in Go, so uh, so I yeah, it was in the back of my mind for for a while, and um, 
So, and there is another story behind Sale de Condo. Uh, because uh, yeah, I, I wrote a blog post, uh, I don't know, maybe two years ago about a uh, debugging technique that I call inline def. And mm. some people, uh, it, well, it's, it's kind of, um, uh, uh, yeah, some people don't like it, but <laughs> uh, so what I, what you can do, for example, if you have a function that is, uh, uh, let's, let's take like, uh, for example, you have a web server and this web server calls a handler, like a ring handler. And this ring handler calls another, another function in your code base and that calls another function. And uh, when you uh, uh, do a request, uh, Sometimes you get an exception, and you, but you you want to see exactly the input that th this function got. So you want to capture this this input somewhere, right? Because you yeah. want to want yeah. to have the entire request and all the information that it, that it has uh, gathered along the way. Um, so what you can do is uh, you can define an atom and then put the the stuff into an atom. But you can also just make like a temporary uh, var where you store mm -hmm. this request. Uh, so, so then you can say in your function as the first line, well, def r and then the request. So yeah. you're you're basically creating a, a, a var to inspect the information later. So I, I call that technique uh, inline def, and uh, I think you you it's only for debugging. So it's only temporary, and you should remove that code uh, when you're done debugging because it's not supposed. You're not supposed to define new vars inside a function, right? It's it's it, it's bad style. So you shouldn't be doing yeah. that. But as long as your colleagues are, uh, don't see it, <laughs> I guess it's fine. And but I then I thought, well, I I, I accidentally uh, committed some sometimes uh, my inline defs, and I, I was a little bit embarrassed. So I thought. It would maybe nice to have a linter that detects these inline devs, but how can I do this? It shouldn't be too mm -hmm. difficult because closure code is just data. Yeah, there we have the cliche. And uh, <clears throat> well, it shouldn't be too difficult. So let's let's try. I I think I tried uh, tools analyzer, and uh, that worked. Um, but then I tried to make it fast because Joker is very fast. It's it's native code. So if you start yeah, it, it's yeah. only a few milliseconds, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wanted to also have that experience. And then in my REPL or in my editor, mm -hmm. and then I tried to, to compile this code that I made with uh, Tools Analyzer uh, using uh, Graal VM. And that mm -hmm. didn't turn, uh, turn out to work very well because uh, Tools Analyzer uses uh, evaluation and it does uh, macro expansion while it analyzes mm. the code, and that that stuff isn't possible in in, in GraalVM. So, uh, yeah, then I s decided to look uh, further, and then I found a library called uh, Rewrite CLJ, and what that does, it it it's based on Tools.Reader, and it emits like uh, yeah, kind of like uh, things that also Tools Analyzer also does, but it doesn't do any evaluation. So it's more like, uh, yeah, it's only static data that you're getting and not any meaning attached to it. So it doesn't does doesn't do any macro expansion or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. So using that, I was able to uh, to get my first feature, 
the inline def uh, linter mm-hmm. and and uh, then I I think I I did two others like uh, this idea was uh, it was only a couple of hours that the first version of Sail Diacondo was born so I did the uh, inline def and then I I had an idea like well you can have a let expression and if you have a let expression immediately in the body of that let expression that's often not necessary because you can move the bindings in in the same let right yeah so you don't need you don't need two nested let expressions so i thought well yeah. that's kind of like a uh, redundant so yeah. that that is actually where the name sail Condo came from mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this is a redundant stuff let's get rid of it um so I made the, the redundant let linter and also the redundant do linter because you can also have uh, a do expression with only one thing in it and that's yeah, also that's redundant, right? Yeah. And yeah. also you can have uh, try try uh, of try catch mm. and with also a do in it. That that's what you see often, but that's not needed because try already has an implicit do. So so yeah. that's all all stuff you get. Uh, it doesn't spark joy. You can, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> and those three things were were the initial uh, uh, things, and I all it was only a couple of hours with rewrite sailj and then gravvn to to make binary for uh, Mac OS and Linux. Mm. Uh, so then I thought, well, this is cool, right? I can make things uh, that Joker in the style of Joker because I was really a fan of Joker and I'm still yeah. still am a fan of Joker. Uh, using closure itself, so not written in Go, and then make it just as fast and get the, the, the feedback in my editor just as fast. So that I found really cool. And then I just started from there, actually, and I started adding things. Mm. So, so one thing I, I missed from Joker was uh, Joker can lint incorrect arities of, uh, of your own functions. So yep. you, you define a function foo that takes one argument and later in the file, you call it with two arguments, and then you get an uh, you Link get a message error. about it, right? Hmm. Uh, but uh, what Joker cannot do is when foo lives in in another file, and you refer to that namespace and then call foo, you don't hmm. get an uh, error because Joker is only aware of one file at a time. Oh, uh, that is a, that so is a then, So it's basically not a full compiler; it's basically just a per file yeah. linter. Yeah. 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 So, so it's not it's it's a file namespace analyzer, not a whole program analyzer. Yeah, mm. right. And mm. that's where I got the idea. Like we can improve on this. Uh, so I, I'm doing the same arity linting as Joker, but but it can also uh, uh, remember things that it found in other files, and then say, well, this foo you're calling from there, it's it's wrong over here. Mm. Uh, so it's two arguments instead of one. Mm. Uh, so you're also, is, is it also possible to do something like unused vars or unused uh, functions yeah. or whatnot? Yeah, so in the last func- uh, version, or, or in the version that I uh, released a week ago, uh, a new linter was uh, introduced called uh, uh, required but unused. So you're, okay. you're requiring a namespace, but you're not actually using it anywhere in this file. Yep. So you can remove the require. And okay. uh, and that, that's because actually... I, I, yeah. Uh, because I used um, something called line Yagni, like you ain't gonna need it sort of a plugin for, uh, for identifying 
uh, things and and um, actually uh, it hasn't been working as I expected, mm. uh, but at least it gives some sort of hints uh, because it can also do like a parent and child thing. So, you know, child is being, child function is being called and used in parent, but the parent is not used anywhere. So that, that kind of hierarchy, but it, it okay. always ended up giving some sort of an error or something. And th these are the things that I miss when I'm working on a bit of a larger code base. And then oh. if I'm taking over from somebody else and there are lots of functions I know they're unused and then I have to do like, search and replace or that kind of shit to see this is this used anywhere um, yeah. and and also the other part is if it is um, uh, written as a quote-unquote library because every uh, every var is public uh, mm -hmm. because it hesn't been written in, in, a, in such a way that this yeah. is def and minus or something it's very difficult to see where exactly this function is being used because I want to reduce the API surface area yeah. So I think it'll be really cool to have that kind of uh, functionality. I'm not sure if IntelliJ has or, or Cursive has that. Yeah, kind of well, I think the, the thing about IntelliJ is uh, or Cursive is that it's built on top of, you know, this kind of uh, analysis um, that, that uh, yeah, MPS or that MPS offers. Yeah. yeah, so you have all these kind yeah. of like, you can do find usages, for example. So you can say, okay, yeah. find usage of this function across the entire project or across, uh, you know, the various scoping that yeah, they yeah, have yeah, yeah. and they have yeah. all the kind of unused imports and stuff like that uh, but i think to be honest yeah. i think i think i think intelligence like support for this kind of stuff is really good on closure and and cursive's support for this is awesome on closure i mean it really is outstanding mm -hmm. um yeah but the closure script side is mm, a bit more rough i think you know so I think okay. any kind of linters that are cross-platform or that, that, yeah. that you know that, that give closure so, script so what, like up will be really helpful, you know. What 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 yeah. is different uh, about closure script that that cursive uh, finds difficult? I mean, it's just the same namespace form, right? Yeah, probably. But yeah, the, but I think it's just because it's mixing with with JavaScript, and JavaScript is you know oh. is, is itself an untyped language. So the the underlying kind of analysis that, that the MPS offers is weaker than the kind of analysis that um, can be offered in a type mm -hmm. system like Java. That, that's my guess, yeah. anyway. I mean, obviously, we, yeah. we one of these days we'll yeah. finally get Colin on here to explain himself, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my guess. But but Michael, the the CLJ condo thing that you're building, yeah. um, so. It does both closure and closure script, or only closure for now. No, no, it does. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, as long as it's, uh, yeah, normal closure. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so it doesn't care if it's closure or closure script. Mm, okay. uh, and it also supports uh, CLJC. So mm. if you have, uh, if you define like a function uh, with conditional expressions. And yeah. say in the conditional expression for closure, it has, has only one argument. And in the conditional expression for closure script, it has two arguments. Yeah. Then it will still work. Oh, uh, nice. So, yeah, that it will still good. link that, that amazing, correctly. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll give it a try because I'm, um, I think the most of the time I'm writing CLJC these days. Uh, okay. So, that could be super fun uh, to, to try. Yeah. All right. So, um, any other things that that you want to talk about uh, your open source work before we talk about your commercial work? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we. Uh... Well, one thing I would like to say, uh, actually, Mikael, is that um, I think, although you, although you might not count this as open source work, I think the fact that you are so active on Stack Overflow is quite impressive for the community. You know. Um, 
I mean, you really do answer a shitload of questions on Stack Overflow and are very helpful out there. So, you know, I think round of applause, everybody, for this guy. He's really helpful. Yes. You know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 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 It's also a lot of fun doing this. So <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it wouldn't be a lot of fun, I probably would be doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it's uh, it's good for you and it's good for everyone else. So I mean, yeah. think, yeah, I think for us, it's, you know, thank you. I, you know, I often think, well, how do I do this? Uh, then I, then it's, you know, it's a, it's always funny nowadays. It's like a toss up between you and Mikhail Markic, uh, Markic, uh, who the answer is yeah. from, you know, Mars, it's like, Yeah, yeah. his, his answers are a lot better. So you have to choose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, 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 totally amazing. So, guy. um, we'll we'll get him one day as well. I mean, we're slowly, slowly getting there to to get everybody onto onto our <laughs> podcast. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, what what are you working on these days? I mean, commercially, if if you can talk yeah. a little bit about your um, you know, the the stuff that you're getting paid for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last few years, I've been contracting with a company called Doctor Evidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, on a, we were we are working on a proje- project called uh, Doc Search, mm-hmm. and um, this project is basically a search uh, engine for medical lit- literature, mm-hmm. uh, powered by natural language processing and artificial intelligence uh, buzzwords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it also offers a lot of analytics uh, on. Uh, on your search results. So if you have a, a query about uh, some some kind of disease or medical topic, then uh, you get a lot, lot of results and then you can filter down on in those results and see what, uh, what kind of search terms correlate with the results and uh, um, uh, see where, where uh, this topic is mentioned around the world uh, mm. like a distribution in time of, of the, the articles that we found. Uh, What's the audience, like Mikael? Is, yeah. is it a medical audience or is it a general public? Uh, the audience uh, is varied. So uh, a big part of the audience is uh, pharmaceutical companies that would like mm. to track uh, information about uh, their topics of interest that they are making medicines for. Uh, uh, what they could also do is like track uh, like publications about their own medicines mm. and see how effective they are or uh, what side effects they they might uh, cause in patients or yeah and if they are very effective they can also use that for marketing of course uh, <laughs> but also yeah. a- another part of our audience is like um, uh, I researchers right. so uh, researchers that would like to track topics in their uh, area of research um, and like uh, hospitals uh, things like that um, at least that that's what I think are, are the user base uh, because I'm I haven't been really talking to the uh, end users so I'm working in a team of programmers and uh, we have one guy uh, the manager Joel, and he yep. he he does most of the communication with uh, with uh, the, yeah the others in the company and and also clients. Mm. So uh, usually uh, there there is a layer in between. But this is what what I think 
are the users. Right, okay. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you probably find that it's some evil scientist somewhere, but they're, you know, they're just keeping you in the dark about it. Yes, we <laughs> tell them to do more awesome stuff while we take yeah. over the world. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I think the... I think the super anticlimactic would be that this project is entirely funded by North Korea. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be anticlimactic. You know, this is basically this is how North Korean you know pharmaceutical companies run. I'm like, oh wow. Yeah. Well, I think probably you know it will be Cuba that will be funding it because I think they're the only ones with like good health research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A communist country, anyway. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so this product is uh, built entirely in, uh, or mostly ex actually in Enclosure. So mm. the back end uh, of our application is Enclosure. The front end is Enclosure Scripts, usually okay. uh, using your uh, reframe and things mm. like reagent, things like that. So the usual stuff, right? Yeah. And um, we also have another component. Uh, that that annotates the text with certain tags that we recognize uh, as certain topics uh, so the natural language processing basically that's also built in closure oh, okay. uh, and we have another another component actually that's built in python because of that that's very uh, machine learning heavy and mm. uh, yeah it was easier to do that in python so that's, yeah yeah nice okay yeah. so um any other topics that we want to touch upon? I think we are, yeah, we're almost uh, one hour. Pretty good time, I think. A lot of different topics. <laughs> so maybe, maybe uh, because you've been in, in closure since 2010. Yeah. Um, and of course, I mean, you've been participating a lot. As Ray said, you know, you're contributing a lot to the community. And now even you're building the tools that, that can be used by everybody. And I know you've been um, doing a lot, uh, especially I think last advent of code, you set up like a test stuff for that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like being active in the community and then encouraging everybody to to or, or giving answers when people need them. So that was a, that's a really nice thing, because that's how we support each other, right? I mean, that's the whole idea of um, being in a community. Mm -hmm. um, so, w what do you think about the community these days? I mean, like how uh, because of the conferences that you're attending and all that stuff. Yeah. Um... I think it's growing, actually. Uh, th that's my impression. So every time I go to a conference, I'm amazed uh, that I do not only see the familiar faces, but also a lot of new uh, users. Mm -hmm. um, and but I, I can't really compare this to other communities be because I really I I haven't been like like an active member of I don't know the Java community or or the Haskell community. So. I, I can't give a fair comparison, but that's my impression right now that that the the community is is growing and especially especially the European conference uh, yeah. community is really uh, doing a good job in the last mm. few years, I think. And uh, yeah, I actually have trouble keeping up with all the new new stuff that that keeps coming out. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I also listen to the the the. Was it the last show with, with I don't know, the Repl or or Devin, But it was with uh, Zach Telman. And, uh, yeah, Repl probably. That ended a little bit. Oh, I, I had a little bit uh, pessimistic feeling uh, how he described it. So like, um, uh, well, it, it's been nice, but the community is not not seen as 
as it's it's seen as uh, how did he describe it uh, as a like more like a cost than than a value uh, by Cognitect and but yeah. I I don't see it that way. Um, uh, I don't know. I I don't share that negative um, <laughs> uh, emotion. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean there is a lot of uh, obviously if you if you measuring you know closure or any language you know it's it's a very difficult task. I mean I think we we crossed some critical uh, mass already a long time ago uh, because I, I've been at least in the Netherlands I've been uh, mm. using closure since two thousand nine ish I think that was the first time when I wrote my first closure thing. Um, pretty horrible um, you know closure and uh, wicket interop. You know, a long time ago on Java and all that shit. Um, but since then, I think we're slowly growing, as as you pointed out. You know, in the multiple meetups and then multiple conferences. That's one measure mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. how many people are coming. But one thing what I realized is that maybe this is just my rough estimation. Like for every one person who comes to the conference, there are at least like twenty people yeah. who don't show up at the conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, so, I, yeah. I constantly get surprised every time I talk to somebody. They're like, "Oh, we're doing closure." Like, what the fuck? I, I yeah. didn't even know that your company existed. You know, this is like a million times that. Yeah. I, I keep hearing and I had the weirdest thing like a couple of weeks ago uh, we have a closure meetup in the Netherlands and it yeah, started yeah. as the, the Amsterdam closure meetup uh, yeah. but now it's called the Dutch, Dutch closure meetup and yeah. there, we are also visiting other other cities like in Utrecht so one evening there was a closure meetup organized in Utrecht at a company called uh, MediQuest and yeah. it was about closure CLR so I uh, I thought, well, let's let's go there, CLR. I don't know. <laughs> Let, let's just see, right? And it turned out that that they were uh, actively using and developing libraries for Closure CLR in the last yeah. four years. Yeah. And I, I've never ever heard of this before. <laughs> so so I think that confirms what you're saying. Like for every yeah. for every person that's shouting on Twitter about every little closure thing <laughs> like me. There's probably 20 others that, that never say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because this, this has become an even, you know, bigger thing in the recent, um, I wouldn't say recent years, but probably yeah, maybe one or two years because since I was doing this podcast and then also doing a bit of consulting, then people send me an email saying, hey, do you want to take a look at our code base? So like, what the fuck? I mean, who are you? I mean, you've been using Clojure. I've never known. <laughs> okay. Are you going to sponsor our, our conference? You know, that's my first question. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is crazy. I, I I think there is one to twenty relationship. At least that's my rough estimate. Uh, you know, people don't show up on Slack or you know, you know they're, they're being productive. I guess you know. Yeah. They they don't need to talk about shit like like uh, me and Radar. But I think the other thing <laughs> as well is that uh, I so, think there's I think the distinct there's a distinction between like most closure users that that basically are just using the language quite happily and um, you know keep on getting like drops from rich like spec or you know or various things that just keep on getting better and better and better in the language um and they're just like wow this is just so awesome um keep on being happy yeah. you know um and then there are people who want to write libraries in it like yeah. Mikel, um who you know who are super happy that it's so flexible and usable and you can still there's definitely still plenty of space for innovation 
in a community environment, you know, like I'm writing mm -hmm. a REPL and um, a multi-user REPL and stuff like this. And yeah. I'll probably use some of your stuff in the end. You know, there's, there's plenty of nice space around in the community. You see lots and lots of little projects popping up that are adding value yeah. that are very useful. Um, but there are certain people that want to, you know, be right in the heart of it. And I think that's that's where the, the let's say the negativity or the, where you know it's where let's say rich is a bit more controlling uh that people get a bit a bit pissed off you know but from for 99 of the population who are closure users it doesn't matter you know um yeah the program language is awesome that's true there's plenty of plenty of i mean it's a lisp so there's plenty of space for innovation outside of the yeah, core yeah. team so you know and i think that's what most people are doing actually yeah I think another another data point is that I mean otherwise our our crap for you know, whatever you know Ray and I are doing for uh, fifty episodes and then fucking three years you know this won't run for three years and then now now suddenly we have uh, so many nicer hopefully better podcasts than than, than our crap that we put out <laughs> <laughs> like you know Repel uh, from Daniel and um, uh, Jashek Jashek yeah Jashek um, Jashek you know, just started isn't it script yeah yeah Jashek yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jashek K or something, mm -hmm. uh, Closure Script Podcast. And uh, there is also another one, like the Closure. There's a design podcast, those guys. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the functional yeah. programming. Yeah, yeah. And functional, functional exactly. Design, yeah. I think they call it functional design so if, if, in closure. But it's a bit, it, that's a funny one because they like talk yeah. code through their entire podcast. And I, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, nice. Yeah. I, I listen to it and I, I get a lot out of it, actually. You know, I think the, the guys are yeah, doing I a mean, great like, job there. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't even listen to our own crap, so you know I'm 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 ashamed if I listen to other podcasts. You know I'll feel even bad. <laughs> Holy fuck, we are we're pretty crappy. <laughs> well, I don't think so because I, I've all, always enjoyed uh, show, and it keeps me uh, my workout session less boring. So <laughs> that, that and, I mean, but what still, you're I, trying I to say is are, it, uh, <laughs> it it keeps your heart rate high, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I keep my like like uh, controversial opinions and oh that that keeps my heart rate uh, up as well. And so, are um, you saying that Defen is good for your health? You know, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uncontroversial. And, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's not controversial. Um, uh, and I, but I think there's room for more podcasts because sometimes I, I'm on the treadmill and I'm running out of closure podcasts. So that, that's, that's cool. Good. Yeah. And I, I, I'm actually filling it up with more general podcasts. Like mm. I think I found Coder Radio lately. That's a nice podcast, mm. but it's more like general. But yeah. so, but if there's more closure podcasts, I would be happy to to queue them up first, right? Yeah. Uh, before I run yeah, out. Yeah. So there's still still room. Yeah. Uh, well, there's plenty to talk but about. But that, that's, that's also sure. another data point, right? Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's another data point that you know this is a growing community, and we have plenty of uh, ideas that needs to be put out in the what is put out? No, put out is probably to to extinguish. You can um, put things out yeah. to pasture. Uh, no, hang on, put things out. Is to... it okay? Okay, I don't mm. know. I don't know. Fucking, expose uh, English. Share. Yeah, to expose in the, in the public. Yeah, in the share in the public. Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's overall it's it's a fantastic community, and from the conferences wise, as you said, Michiel, I mean, we have like four conferences now in Europe already. Wow. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to going to Heart of Closure and probably to Closure Tray as well. Uh, this is gonna be mm -hmm. fun, I think. So, any other uh, closing thoughts uh, before we close our 
episode. Ah, well, uh, keep keep doing the great uh, work on the podcast, I would say. <laughs> Another 50 episodes at least. <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you. We'll try. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> we need to retire so, at um, some point. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bef- I think, uh, yeah, let's see. Because I think that the, the momentum is there and then uh, there is a lot of interesting people to talk to and a lot of interesting ideas that that we can learn from people and that that's another secret uh, goal of mine yeah using this that's right so that that's been going pretty well um so that is the end of our 50th episode which is um amazing uh, i think three years ago when we started this we we never expected it'll be you know reaching episode number two <laughs> um <laughs> so, so it's certainly not number 10 that's for sure yeah yeah, that's for sure. I mean, double digit was crazy yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, now we are uh, wow. really getting, we're halfway through the, the triple digits. So, you know, let's see how far we get. <laughs> well, you can always and invite the same same 50 guests again. We right? keep on of saying course. that, that's, by that's the way. The we keep on saying, oh, yeah, you know, we'll invite you back in a year or two's <laughs> yeah. time. You know, it's this usual bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But actually, this time, you're right. We just should just do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the first episode was called Hello World. And the second yes. was called The Reader. And then suddenly... You ran out of ideas and then invited all the people, right? <laughs> no, no, no. By the second episode, look, it was two people, right? So we ran out of our brains, you know, oh, like yeah. we, we, we are like basically two idiots talking some shit. And then we realized, hmm, I think two episodes is enough. I think, see, <laughs> the thing is, all the, everything is, Mike Fikes is to blame for everything in the end. Like he's to blame for all yes. the things that you did yeah. and he's to blame for all the things that we did because he, you know, yes. I spoke to him on the, on the reader. Oh yeah. Oh, I can come and join you and tell you a few things about that. Yeah. So he did. And then, we, then yeah. we had the idea, maybe we should have some guests on, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, so the third one was with Mike Fikes and then yeah. Persistent Collections that was without a guest. Yeah. That was again our, our, and then uh, you had Hoplon with Mika Nishkin. Skin? Yes. Yeah. 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 Hop long. So you all kind of alternated between topics and guests, and then it yeah. became guests. Only. I think we had a Village Idiots yeah, yeah. episode yeah. that was, you know, that was really awesome. I think yeah. everyone should go back and listen to that. <laughs> ah, which one was that? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's one of those things. Uh, probably it's not good to dig uh, through the history. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, there are more skeletons in Deaf and Closet now. You know? <laughs> No, but it's, I mean, you know, you talk about like the history of this, I mean, we're, it actually just feels like we're just starting in some ways on this podcast, even though it's like three years and 50 in. And so, you know, I mean, for me, you know, I think we've been incredibly lucky maybe as we start, because we started the podcast relatively early in the, in the, in the closure script pod, in the closure podcast world. So we've been lucky to have, you know, an amazing uh, array of guests, you know, topped tonight by the unbelievable Bork dude, but you yes. know, uh, so we've, we've reached a, a, an apex this Peak. evening, yes. but you know, you, yeah, you're in good it's customer. One of the highlights of, you're in good company with Alex Miller. It's one of Alex the highlights Miller of my and, career, uh, I think. Uh, so, uh. Huh? That's true. That's true. This is, this is one of the, one of the, you know, hall of fame oh. episodes. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, um, this is, Maybe if it, this is the peak of my career. It can only go downhill. <laughs> this, is, this is peak of our <laughs> podcast. Remember, you're going to get invited back in two years time. So, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I think um, obviously, you know, this is uh, this has been this is still an amazing uh, thing that you know every Sunday. I think one of the things that I was talking to at, at Dutch Closure Day is that, like, we do this on Sunday, which is like the worst possible time for me because you know I, I go through this stuff and then you have this this kind of a podcast high. You know, I talk to all the people and mm-hmm. amazing people like you, Michael, and 
other people. Now I can't sleep because tomorrow morning I need to get back to work. And then I feel like, oh, fuck, I need to try this thing now because I just spoke to this person. So it's like a worst possible time for me, actually, in, in a nicest possible way, obviously. But uh, and, and this is all because thanks to Ray, obviously, you know, he started the, the discussion. And then at uh, DCD 2016, I think, uh, and then somehow he uh, made me uh, buy a microphone and then you know, talk bullshit <laughs> into it. And, uh, and then Wouter joined and then suddenly we started sounding professional, although the content that we are making was not uh, up to the sound level <laughs> quality. Well, I, th I figure if one third of the content at least is decent, then we're okay. Yes. And since we have a guest, exactly. then we've we've definitely got, that, you know, that one yes. third is okay. <laughs> we're, we are crossing that particular, yeah. you know, like the, the baseline. So um, even though two thirds of it is me and Ray and the rest one third is worth listening yeah, to. Yeah, and, and usually so we that, try and let the guests speak as much as possible. So, you know, to, get, to increase the, <laughs> the proportion. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, um, so a big uh, shout out to Wouter who has been helping us a lot, yeah, um, yeah. at least in the last uh, two and a half years almost, hero. doing amazing job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been spending a lot of hours um, make, making, the, making the audio sound you know, pretty good. And obviously, he's also a closure programmer, so he knows what, you know, yeah. what the crap that we are talking about. So he's the first uh, person who gives us feedback on, on the episode, which is uh, pretty nice. The other um, thing I'd like to, I mean, we're, we're probably going to go on a round, but I mean, I think shouting out yep. to the Patreon people as well, because, you know, we, yes. we kind of like, you know, obviously we do this in our own time and it's, you know, we don't, we don't need to be paid for it, but we've got some costs yep. and it's nice that people are chipping in, you know, um, a few euros or a few dollars, um, and uh, so, so essentially, we don't have any costs anymore, which is really good, you know. And we can afford yep. to like send Wouter to Dutch closure days and put him up in a hotel, and so it's really good, you know. We've got, you know, it, it means yep. that we can, um, you know, afford a few of these things, and uh, it makes yep. you know our life as like closure people. It, it's also a weird thing. I think people give you money is a really weird thing. You know, I mean, we, we kind of do it for a living with closure, but uh, I think people contribute yeah. to your kind of side uh, grift is, is nice as well, you know? Um, yeah. That sounds yeah. wrong somehow. Maybe you can say it better, VJ. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're really happy with what, these guys, what, you know, basically, and girls, you know. What Ray is trying to explain in 18th century English literature is that, you know, we are very thankful that you are, you know, giving us... Uh, Showing your support um, with uh, with your tweets, with your you know um, ideas for the episodes, and also with the with the Patreon support. That's that's really uh, helpful in terms of maintaining the costs as well as you know every now and then um, we try to use that money for good causes. Yes. So that's the thing. Um, so thanks a lot uh, for for listening. And uh, again, uh, big uh, milestone fiftieth episode. Uh, we do have a couple of other things in, in pipeline uh, and uh, meanwhile if you are running out of uh, episodes then go and listen to other podcasts like REPL or ClojureScript podcast and other stuff that uh, Mikhil uh, pointed out. That's it from us and um, have a nice um, evening, morning or whenever you're listening to this stuff <laughs> and we'll see you in episode number 51 All right. and thank you Mikhil. My pleasure. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.
So yeah, I press the red button and it's now recording. So I'll, I'll post a screenshot to confirm this. <laughs> so like we're really professionals, right?